What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. And we are doing power to the pot. Mailbag, every week we do it. All the things that you want to talk about, all of the things that we are talking about here today on the show. So strap in and let's get after it here on this week's Mailbag. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10x your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 when using promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. This is our fourth episode of the week. Not a math guy, so stick with me. Uh, fourth episode this week, we, of course, had reaction victory monday then we had the film study review of the all 22 coaches tape and then we had the breaking news of the bradley chubb and, and jeff wilson trades at the trade deadline and now we're here for power to the pod tomorrow we have crossover thursday with lauren cox of locked on bears and then on friday we have crafting a game plan to defeat the chicago bears it's going to be a busy week here on the show so i hope you guys are strapped in i hope you're ready Hope you're going to enjoy this nice conversation as it pertains to the 2022 Miami Dolphins. And what we're talking about today, I have no clue. I've got the reviews. You can see the reflection up here on the screen. I got the reviews up. I'm just going to scroll and start reading. And whatever you guys want to talk about are going to be the things that we commit ourselves here to today on the show. We are going to start today's episode with a review that is left by depth from and he had a question pertaining to the trade deadline and what i want to do is revisit this i know we read this question last week on the show but depth clarified what his question was and now we've seen what the aftermath of the trade deadline was and i think it's important because it was asked about trading Mike Gusecki and then using the compensation from that to go out and get another secondary player in Jesse Bates. Well, that didn't happen, of course. But, but what is interesting to me, and I wanted to revisit this one because Depth clarified exactly what his question was, was that the fact that the Dolphins did go with a pass rusher, never mind you know, skipping over corner, but also safety and safety and free safety being a question. I, I, and this is where I've settled on this really. I don't think you are going to have a lot of success going out and shopping for another safety to be a free safety and a signal caller for the defense at the midway point of the year. By the time you acclimate that player to the calls, it will be another month from now. I mean, you'd be into your West Coast trip when you got to go to San Francisco and you got to go to the Chargers and then you got to go to the Bills in a three-week stretch. And I, I really feel as though that would not have paid dividends. So for Miami to let the guys in the back seven in general 
be the guys who they are, who have been in this system since the beginning of the year, who understand the calls, who understand the coverages. It's much easier, and I don't think we've talked about this, and I talked about plenty of storylines with choosing to go after Bradley Chubb. It's much easier to onboard a pass rusher because at the end of the day, your gap is your gap. You've got an offensive tackle across from you, and you got to hunt down the passer. But when you're playing in the secondary, whether you're playing free safety or you're playing corner, regardless of whether or not you're making calls, you got to understand the chemistry. You got to understand the spacing of the guys that are playing with you in the secondary. You got to know when to pass things off. You got to know when to drive on things and know that they're going to take what you're vacating. There's a lot more moving parts. And that's a storyline that we have not acknowledged in the midst of this decision to trade for Bradley Chubb. So in revisiting the clarified question from depth, which is, do you think you could take some of the assets from moving another player and then parlay it? We didn't see that. Now what we did see was the Dolphins parlay trading away Chase Edmonds and acquiring Jeff Wilson, who had been mitigated because of the addition of Christian McCaffrey. So a uh, pretty interesting stuff there in my mind and, and the ideology that, uh, went into training for a pass rusher. I, I know Chris Greer spoke yesterday and shared some of the thoughts around the value of bringing him to the table. But uh, just continuing to, to digest this move more, you see the ways in which it makes sense. And again, as we said yesterday, this doesn't guarantee that it's going to work. But if you understand the thought process, it at least helps you to put yourself in those shoes and get excited about what they are trying to accomplish. Our next review comes from UK FinFan. And there's some very complimentary words here at the top. And this is a trade uh, deadline question at its core, but I think there's some things that we can, we can touch on here as well. Kyle, superb knowledge of the game as a whole. Uh, first and foremost, a fan of the Dolphins, but able to foot a, put forward objective discussion points. That's the goal. Um, a must-listen for any Dolphins fan. Thank you. Uh, the question is in regards to which tight ends could the Dolphins target at the trade deadline that would be a fit for the offense. So that obviously is coming on, and that wasn't a path that they, they chose to go after. But I wanted to read this one regardless to A, acknowledge UK fan fan, but then to also... Give Mike Gusecki his flowers. I thought, and, and look, I know Detroit on the edge. You got a couple of rookies playing in Aiden Hutchinson and Zach Pascal. I know the front for Detroit is not an imposing group. I thought Mike Gusecki played the tight end position the best against Detroit than he has played all year long. The actual objective reps. We also saw Hunter Long for about 17, 18 snaps. Can you continue to parlay that? And he played well. I know he scored well coming out of that game. Durham Smythe, some high points, some low points. But in general, tight ends in this offense, their primary objective historically has not been to be pass catchers, but instead to be players who win blocking. Because the success in capturing the edge on the outside zone in the toss game is unparalleled on this offense. And too many times you see defenders fighting through down blocks by our tight ends 
and getting out over top and forcing backs to have to cut back inside into pursuit. Can't happen. Not if the running game is going to be the best version of itself. Now, the Dolphins have tried to circumvent that by playing different players in that spot. You've seen some of Alec Ingold there. They're relying heavily on the wide receivers and hoping they get smaller players to crack down on. They're trying a bunch of different things. But long-term, you need a player like a Dalton Kincaid from Utah, just as an example from the draft. You need a player like a Darnell Washington from the Georgia Bulldogs, just as an example from the draft. There's Sam Laporta from the Iowa Hawkeyes. There are a bunch of examples of players who are physical blockers with selectively reasonable receiving skills that I think are going to make a lot of sense for the Dolphins, and it should not be ignored. The Dolphins still have three picks in the top 100 when this is all said and done. They still have their two, and they have two threes, including New England's, as things currently stand. So that is, is worth acknowledging, and I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities to address that position group, but those are the kinds of players, in my mind, long-term, who are going to be a part of that discussion. Kurt with a question, but before we get to Kurt, I have an analogy for you. Your house is like the end zone, so you want the best defense available to make sure that you keep those who would like to get in out. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package theft spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy the advanced security and greater peace of mind that comes with that this holiday season. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report for the third year in a row. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I would recommend, which is Simply Safe Home Security. Get 50% off a new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Kurt Millions with our next review. Beautiful show, as always, not so much for the, the CB room. Uh, the question is as follows. The cornerback room is going to be the death of us. I know they stepped up last game, and this was prior to Detroit. This was the Pittsburgh game. But with a DB room that is so depleted, it's going to be a hard road ahead of us. Anyone you're eyeing in free agency or trade to help X out. Should we have traded Byron Jones when we had the chance? Because even when he does come back, I still don't have faith in him. And I guess my question would be, why not? You just have to understand what Byron Jones is and what Byron Jones is not. And Byron Jones is a lot of things. He's a top shelf athlete. He's a physical player. He can play man coverage. But in the same way that Noah Igbenogany is never going to thrive finding the football and making plays on the ball in coverage. That's been Byron Jones. You, know, you go back over his interceptions throughout the course of his career. He had very few in Dallas. He comes to Miami. He had one in zone coverage on a tipped ball uh, against Kansas City, and then he made a toe tap on the sideline against the Bills in 2020. That's kind of been it. It's just not his strength. But But what he can do, especially in the midst of the Bradley Chubb acquisition, is when he does come back, presuming that he does, and that is still a, a little bit of a projection, 
it gives you the ability to play both ways defensively. Do you want to play tight coverage and bring pressure and low guys up? Or do you want to play four and allow him to play a little bit more in zone, in which his eyes are in the backfield more as compared to playing man-to-man coverage? The versatility that comes with a return for Byron Jones is a potential exciting addition because at this point, it's house money. You've had to survive the first half of the season without him. If you get him back during the regular season, it's going to be like a trade deadline acquisition all over again for a player that knows the system and is a top-shelf athlete, a premier position. I hope we see him back. I hope we see him back as soon as possible. But what the Dolphins have done is they've positioned themselves to mitigate their losses if they do not see him again. Always Joe Robbie to me with a question that was in regards to um, should the Dolphins have pursued Kareem Hunt? How would he fit within the system? I was surprised that there was that level of appetite uh, to move Kareem Hunt amongst Dolphins fans. I don't regret that the team did not trade for Kareem Hunt. He's a talented back. Uh, very talented back, but he is uh, a player who would have come at a greater cost of Jeff Wilson. Did not play in the same system. Kareem Hunt is a little bit more of a traditionally inside zone kind of runner. Whereas Chase Edmonds was the same thing. Raheem Mostert was definitively an outside zone runner. Jeff Wilson is definitively an outside zone style runner. Familiarity exists there. It's for a five. I would expect the Dolphins will probably extend Jeff Wilson, given that the fact that they just traded a draft pick for him. He'll be a, a financially responsible decision at the running back position. And then you might get a, a running back pick on day three to be your third back, unless you're going to trust Savon Ahmed to do it. But uh, I, I think the biggest hangup that I had with Kareem Hunt was the fact that traditionally between Kansas city and Cleveland, a little bit more inside zone style runner. Uh, so I, I don't have any regrets that Kareem Hunt was not a player that the Dolphins pursued. And I think Jeff Wilson is an exciting player to add to the mix based on his familiarity. Benjamin with our next question. Always love the show. Love hearing you talk fins. Let's get hot in November and put the league back on notice. I like where your mind's at personally. <laughs> this is a fun question with all the injuries to the DB room. While obviously in no world does this ever happen, but it's fun to imagine who is your emergency corner to call up from coaching staff to the roster, Sam Madison or Pat Sertain, who's got juice left in them to put on the pads. And do you think they could hold it down for even just a game? And it'd be shame on me to, to doubt either one of these guys. Right. But what I am going to do is I am going to double check <laughs> because I want to know which one of these guys is younger. And I will, I will bet on the guy that's younger. Uh, so Pat Sertain, Patrick Sertain, the original Patrick Sertain, uh, is 46 years old. He was drafted in the second round. He's a three-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro, 37 career interceptions. 46 years old. Sam Madison was drafted in 97. Uh, he's 48. So I'm going to go with Pat Sertain, the original model. That'll be my pick. Uh, but, but a really fun question. Uh, and, and two guys who... Uh, even in the midst of the lack of production uh, from an interception standpoint, 
are players that I'm are uh, glad I'm glad are a part of this coaching staff and and make these corners better, especially these young guys who are getting bigger bigger opportunities than they probably ever envisioned that they would get. D Fizzy with our next question. First of all, thank you for the daily dose of Dolphins football. You have a wealth of knowledge. It's refreshing for you. Give us the sometimes brutally honest truth about our fins. Well, thank you very much. Sincerely. My question for you. It seems at times McDaniels tries to use tendency breakers to the point they aren't even tendency breakers and seem predictable. Do you see this as well? It's super frustrating not getting the ground game going and throwing the ball nine times in a row with a backup quarterback behind a line held together with duct tape and bubble gum. I'll say this. I, I think Coach McDaniel has been as advertised from an offensive infrastructure perspective, but I think, as is the case with all young coaches, he's still finding the right balance to how he calls a game and how he handles challenges and timeouts and time management, all of those things, including personnel groupings and flow of the game call after you get out of the opening script. I think it's a fair criticism. I mean, I, I wouldn't look any further than the Trent Sherfield catch against Detroit that was definitively a touchdown that did not get challenged. And I couldn't believe that they didn't challenge it. They come out, they run the ball on first and goal from the one, they don't get it, and then they got to go with an Alec Engel QB sneak where they have to motion him in from the wing to take the snap from under center. I think it's fair feedback it's something that i'm hoping that we will continue to get ironed out but um it's the little things it's all the little things that you can only acclimate over time and the question is how talented is this team to overcome that growing curve along the way and the addition of bradley chubb should make you feel very good about the dolphins opportunity and chances to survive the growing pains and have enough talent to still win enough games to be where we want to be at the end of the year. Prize picks, daily fantasy done right. All you got to do is pick two to five players, and if they outperform or underperform their prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 extra money on your entry. There's no competing against other people. It is just you against the house. It's really fun in that regard, and they offer projections on just about every sport that you can watch, including NFL, NBA, NBA, NHL, PGA, college football, men's and women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less with safe and fast withdrawals. It is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. You put a hundo in, they're going to give you another 100 You put 50 in, they're going to give you another 50 Don't forget, it's promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Continuing on here on Power to the Pod, we got one, two, three, four. Four questions remaining. Um... G-F-V-G-G-H-V-H. I don't know what that's supposed to... If that's supposed to, to read as something that's egregiously over my head, my apologies. 
Locked on crossovers. Just curious, how come a lot of the other guys that cover the opposing team during crossovers hardly pick their teams to lose? Example, the past two weeks when Miami has clearly been the better team. Seems you're the only one who has an objective viewpoint. Shaking my head. Love the podcast. Keep up. I, I try to be objective. Um, I also have put on the Homer hat at time, you know, the, the Thursday night game. Uh, we obviously know that that was a game that the Dolphins were in position to win, uh, but they, they lost and they lost to a tongue of a low for an extended period of time. And when we did the crossover, I said, you know, there, there's a lot of things that I look at here from a storylines perspective that would make sense to pick the Bengals, but I'm going to put the Homer hat on. And if I'm going to be a Homer, I'll at least let you know ahead of time. I'm going to be a homer. I think everybody wants, wants to think the best for their team. And um, I think one thing that I'm excited for, for the dolphins and in thinking the best for the team. And usually when we do predictions here on the show, uh, or even back to when I was doing USA today's dolphins wire, I've usually sold the team a little short. Well, back in 2019, I was doing USA today's dolphins wire. I picked them at four and 12. They went four and, or they went five and 11. And they went five and four over the final, final nine games. 2020, I picked them to go nine and seven. They went 10 and six. Last year, well, I, I was a little over ambitious. I picked the team to win 10 games, I believe, and they went nine and eight. Uh, certainly didn't look that way at one and seven, but that's neither here nor there. And this year, I picked them to go 11 and six. But also, most importantly, I picked them at three and three through the first six games, and I picked them to be six and three through nine. They're right on schedule. I would like to think I have a good gauge for it. But nobody, no, nobody wants to go on and, and cover their own team and pick them to lose. I don't, I don't blame anybody that wants to view uh, the the rose colored um, outlook on their own respective team. Adam Nominus, I think I got that right. I like where you're going here. I just kind of skimmed it. Uh, podcast makes the listener feel as though they're in the Dolphins facility reviewing tape after win or loss. Uh, quality entertainment. Wow. Very, very complimentary. So thank you very much. Every morning on my drive, I find that his insight brings focus to the causes and effects of both individual play and team strategy. Power to the pod question. The post-game video of the Steelers win showed Noah Igbenogany getting love from his teammates for perceived breakthrough moment of his career. These moments for developmental players are key to team building. And one could argue worth the time spent in development for young players like Liam Eikenberg or Austin Jackson. You seem to press for a replacement for both offensive linemen is composed to continue development. Why? We all want to win now, but our team is still very young and stability wins championships. The same could be asked about players like Mike Gusecki, though not a developmental player. He has defined an entire era of Dolphins football, yet you want him moved based on the perceived fit. I feel the Dolphins running it back this year paid huge for us when we had to call on guys during injury. Guys are not players are people, not trading cards. And I think our fan base is quick to dismiss players who are finding their way. I appreciate this, this insight. And I, I really like the last thought that you put in here, which is players are not trading cards that they are people and they are human beings. Um, but when, when I look at the, when I look at individuals, I do keep that perspective, or at least I try to, and I'd like to think that I do. But when you look at the team through the lens of team building, you do look at them through a lens that, has context, but you, at some point you have to make a definitive decision based on how ready you think they are or are not to help you. And especially offensive linemen, it's tough because traditionally a lot of offensive linemen, they get through their entire rookie contract before they realize the best version of themselves. 
know, that that's not foreign to players like an Eric Flowers, for an example, who's a name the Dolphins fans will recognize. He was horrendous with the Giants in his rookie contract. He goes to Washington, he plays as a guard, and he signs in Miami, and he's a, a, a sufficient-level starting player. But he was a replacement-level player early in his career. And I think what the Dolphins have sent us with the message of trading for Bradley Chubb is this is a team that's ready to compete. And while, yes, you want the stability and you want the economically friendly contracts, if they're not ready to play and contribute, then you have to make some hard decisions. And then that's when I look at players like Liam or Austin Jackson. Now, I'm more than receptive to one or both of those guys playing, but they have to be the best option that you have. And I look at Brandon Shell at right tackle, and I think he's he's definitively the better option right now at right tackle. So if you want to put Austin Jackson and, and let him take Lee Meikenberg's spot at guard, I can't guarantee that that's going to happen, but I would advocate for it to give him a chance to, to find his footing again. Mike Gusecki, I respect the player that Mike is, but I think if you ask the Dolphins to describe their ideal skill set for an individual player, because that's what it comes down to. You can have a receiving tight end. You can have a blocking tight end. You can have a fullback. You can have a hybrid H-back type player that can kind of do everything sufficiently well, but not good. Having one player that can do it all at that position exponentially expands the complications of trying to defend this offense because you got dudes on the outside. And if you got one player who can come out of the, the, the huddle, whether it's a Kyle Juszczyk or a George Kittle, just using the San Francisco examples, and line up in line, line up at wing, line up in the slot and block, line up at fullback, can line up in the backfield, and win in all of those ways, it makes the, it makes the personnel matches impossible to account for. And that's, the for players like Mike, the challenge that I have. But as we just got done saying, I'm giving Mike his flowers for how he played against Detroit. I think it's the best effort as a true tight end that he's ever put forward for the team. I respect it. FinFan927 was curious as to how the Dolphins' potential targets in the second and first round of this past year stack up to what Hill has produced so far. Is there any target combo that has produced what Hill has? Who has won the trade so far? The Dolphins. In my mind, no questions asked. Guys on a historic record-setting pace. Whatever players you would have gotten the first and second round for Tyreek Hill, I promise you Tyreek Hill is a more impactful player. Finn's in the six. Last review of the day. Living just north of Buffalo can be very Bills heavy here, and it's great to get my Dolphins fixed daily. Kyle, you had to choose one. Mm. The Eagles go undefeated and become the second team ever to go undefeated and win the Super Bowl. Or the Bills win the Super Bowl, and you have to listen to your pal Joe brag until the next Super Bowl. Cheers from Toronto, Jay. I'll be honest, this is my nightmare that this situation comes to a head, but it's one or the other, that an undefeated Eagles team would play the Bills in the Super Bowl. Oh, I'm sure there's a lot of Dolphins fans right now that are screaming at me to say, take the Bills, we don't want another undefeated Super Bowl champion. But the Bills, it's the Bills. I can't pick you guys. Let me know what you would pick. I'd love to hear from all of you guys, what your thoughts are on this one, but I, I, I'm not going to. So quit asking. I, right? 
I'm not going to pick. Uh, but Jay, appreciate you stopping by, leaving a review. Thanks for listening to the show. Happy to give you your Dolphins fix. And I appreciate all of you who carve time out of your days to listen or watch the show as well. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, click the like button, click the subscribe button, the little bell. You get the notifications when we drop new videos, please. Kindly appreciate it if you're listening on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for carving out some time. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins, your team every day. Make it a great rest of your day, and I will talk with you all again tomorrow for Crossover Thursday.